Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Gamer Heroes Podcast with GGKC. We are your new hosts. If you did, if you joined us last week on episode 60, you'll know that Derek and John have now departed the show, uh, and we have taken over, the four of us. Uh, my name is John, uh, different from the old John, and uh, I have a hot take for you this week. It's that some games should just not be made. Uh, this is Mike. This is Josh Welch. I was not on the last episode. Really excited to be here and take over uh, this opportunity. Uh, looking forward to talk some great games with everyone. Uh, I am Thomas Egan, and uh, I think to I think it was you who said it last episode, but I'm not in here with you guys. You guys are in here with me. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I said, and I did not realize that was a Watchmen reference. Oh, really? <laughs> so that that lowers my nerd cred like already. Ten great steps, start, John. That's right. Me. Yeah. Bring back the old John. <laughs> okay, I'll call him. Hashtag not my John. Yeah, so on, on last episode, uh, John and I, this is Mike, uh, we're on that transition episode. Uh, you guys did not meet uh, Thomas and Josh, uh, but they are our other half with GGKC, so you'll hear them on this podcast a lot as well. And the crew for this podcast will be rotating somewhat, so uh, you'll get the pleasure of some of us some weeks, and some weeks it'll be a, pr- a fraction. Uh, or a different portion of us. Um, but we're, we're very much looking forward to continuing to uh, put out an excellent podcast for you all. Not me. Okay, Thomas is, <laughs> Thomas is just here to party. Got that right. Well, uh, what do we got going on? We got, uh, you said some games shouldn't be made. Yeah. I, uh, Please explain, John. So, uh, if you listened last week also, I, I kind of, I took a little bit of a turn of um, kind of crapping all over... Um, uh, what was it called? Graveyard. Uh, oh, the Stardew Valley. Yeah. But morbid. This, yeah. And uh, that game I felt like at least had some good ideas, but I didn't like uh, some of their execution. Um, I downloaded another game on uh, Game Pass. Or I'm sorry, this one was on Xbox or Gold, the free Gold games. Uh, this one's called Prison Architect. And this one's been around for a while. Kind of a known quantity. I'd seen pictures of it and some of the hilarity, I guess, that's in the game on Reddit and whatnot. And so I thought, you know, I like a good uh, sim game. I figured it would just be sim prison. And so I downloaded it. Um, Really pretty basic game. And you kind of have two options. You can play the campaign, which also is your tutorial. Or you can just kind of load up sandbox mode. So I launched the campaign. And the very first mission has you join a prison that's already mostly built out. And your responsibility and how they teach you to build things is that you need to build an execution chamber to uh, enact capital punishment on a murderer. Man, really dropping you in, uh, dropping yeah. you in wow. hot there. Yeah, so it's, so it's like, and, and it just, you know, from the outset, I was like, man, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, and they've got like a priest in the cell with this guy trying to absolve him. Oh and you got God. like the CEO of the prison calling you every 10 seconds like, hey, this isn't your fault. You're just here to do your job. Do they have the phone ringing just in case you don't get killed? I guess. I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> waiting for that check, phone call. Check up on you. So you know. So that was very morbid, and they did everything short of making you pull the trigger on this electric chair. Like you had to build the power lines. You had to test the chair by throwing the switch. I was like, man, this is really weird. only the chair That's though, not lethal injection. No, hanging. just I don't know. Maybe maybe there are other options. You got to earn the hanging. I don't so know. another problem with the game is because the story is also the tutorial. It it very much gates you into what you have to build the steps for that tutorial. Right? There's no going outside of it. And as soon as you build something, it takes 
forever for that action to actually happen. So you can't do anything else once you start building that step. So every time you go to the next step in the tutorial, you're waiting 60 seconds for the next thing to load up. Like actual 60? Yeah. Like sitting there waiting for workers to walk across the map and build the thing that you just put down. You can't do anything else. You can't speed it up? No, I'm. I, maybe there is a way to do that. I did not investigate that much. Probably should have. But you can't like go well, build something, that's something else. Should have introduced. Probably <laughs> they didn't. Definitely didn't guide me towards it. So well, there's that problem, and I don't know if there's other ways to capitally punish my prisoners because all they gave me an option for was the electric chair. So beyond the. Uh, morbidity, if you will. Uh, it also just, I think, was very slow in how it starts and not really something I wanted to invest in. Well, I mean, you probably have a lot of time in prison, so. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> is this some kind of like, is this some kind of art where the game is speaking to me like the game is my prison? <laughs> Do you get a background file on each of the prisoners, like what they did? So I think I've seen screenshots like of the game where please, you can pull up history behind each prisoner and see what they did. They also did, like, walk through why, you know, why he has the death penalty. He, like, premeditated the killing of his wife and her lover. And, like, they walk you through this whole cut scene where he does it, and there's, like, these awkward naked bodies in bed, and they're, like, barely covering up their their genitals and whatnot. (laughs) It's just... The whole thing is just, like, made me want to crawl out of my skin. Who created this game? I feel like I do not have a good read on this game. Well, it may be very fun. Maybe, <laughs> but I just I don't know if I want to find out. Fair. So that's that's my take. Um, I'm not sure. Well, it might be a little strong to say some games shouldn't be made, but it certainly wasn't made for me. Did Creed do all the all the music? <laughs> my own prison. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well. Anyway, Mike's off the podcast from now on. <laughs> Shaking my heel. Sorry, we listened to a lot of Creed growing up, so I apologize. All right, yeah. So that's 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 what I've been playing. Um, what what have you guys been playing? Uh, I've been living that Fallout Four life, No Man's Sky. I'm playing a bunch still, and then uh, uh, just a couple days ago, oh, just yesterday actually, I booted up Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time at my girlfriend's place. She owns it, so I can really only play it at her place, uh, which is fine because. Then I'll like drip feed it, which is kind of yeah. how I like to play those games. That's but, uh, smart to make her get all the expensive games for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very fun. This is uh, the first time that she's ever bought a really big title, uh, a really big title, and played it first, mm-hmm. like before me. Because usually I'm recommending stuff to her that I've already played or I know all about or something. Um, but I watched her play. I mean, she she was over sixty hours of it. Wow! Uh, oh, this wow. past weekend, yeah. That's I, thought a lot of she, I thought she was like maybe coming up on thirty, Strong and I saw the female number. League characters brings in more dude. female gamers. Well, anyone can love that game, and, mm-hmm. and I haven't and, played her great things, dude. It, that game is amazing. I actually saw the big, the big spoil, the big revelation of that game. Wow! Did it ruin it for you? Oh no! Because I've been enjoying watching her play mm. this whole time. So I mean, I've, I've, I haven't gotten everything in between, but boy, there's a lot of game there to enjoy. Hmm. Um, so she's been playing on easy, uh, and man, she's gotten way better since she started. Like she doesn't play shooters and stuff, not really. And, and she's gotten so much better at, at all uh, reacting to mm-hmm. everything, aiming, like Just knowing gaming what your skills. arsenal is. Yeah. And, uh, so that's been fun to watch. So anyway. for our listeners and definitely not for me, because I definitely know this, uh, give us a, someone give us a 30 second, uh, recap of what the game is about. Uh, you are a redheaded young woman. You're in maybe the future apocalypse. It's like post-apocalypse. You're fighting robot dinosaurs and the game is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Uh, the world is tribalistic. You know, you, you've got, you've got a bow and arrow and, and there's all this tech around, but everyone is advanced as, as cavemen, you know? But there's, like, this corruption that's, like, spreading across the land that's, like, corrupting these robots. Is, is that the horizon? or Is, or is, is it like a virus Dawn? since they're robotic? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. It's, oh, been, it's been a while since I've played. Well, because I just watched this stuff, I can tell you exactly what, what that is, but I'm absolutely not going <laughs> no, to. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers. That game is wonderful, and I cannot wait to put more time into it. I, I started it on the hardest difficulty that I could get. 
because I just want to, you know, I'm probably only going to play through it once. Yeah, it's a single I, player only, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I assume I can bump down the difficulty later if it's too much for me, but, uh, you know, the game starts, and, and the intro is pretty good, I think. Well, it, it's all right, but the way they teach you the combat uh, is good, and so the whole thing is, like, you're being taught to, to hunt by your father figure, and he says, man, even these weak machines can kill a reckless hunter, like, if, if she's not paying attention. And, you know, when I watch my girlfriend play it, she's playing for the story, not the difficulty. So, like, she can take eight hits before she's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, oh, man, I was fighting these. They're, like, they're basically deer, you know, or, like, bucks yeah. that I'm I'm trying to take down. And, wow, turns out when they buck and they, like, kick you in the head, it hurts. It hurts a <laughs> lot. Uh, or I got almost one-shotted by one that was straight up charging at me, and I just dodged the wrong way. But, uh... I, I liked it because it really made me feel like I was surviving. It's all open world, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember something that I liked about the game was that you have a whole bunch of different weapons that you can use. And I feel like the problem with those kind of games is that I sink into this one weapon set that I get real comfortable with, and that's all I want to use ever. But they have these hunter challenges throughout the game where you have like a time limit and you need to use particular weapons to like complete the challenge. So it really kind of forces you to get used to everything if you want to complete the whole thing. Does the uh, uh, storyline force you to use your other weapons as well? Maybe like certain boss fights you need to use X weapon to aim your stun? Or I don't really progress? remember the storyline forcing okay. you to do anything. Okay. These are just optional. Yeah, things. just like optional side stuff. So if you had to you had to pick another, and maybe it doesn't exist, but another single-player experience, um, another game to compare it to in terms of sort of the mechanics, like, you know, what RPG elements it has, like skills or talents or or uh, inventory you do, management, you do all that. some gathering that's, that feels a little bit like Far Cry in the sense of, like, you're looking for herbs. You, you know, I was killing some boars at the beginning for meat that lets me do stuff. Uh, it's interesting that, um, you know, you, you find medicinal plants that give you, like, backup health that you can use to refill your actual health bar. Uh, but you can also craft potions using, like, the meat you get from boars. I, I assume this stuff's really going to open up because, really, I'm only, like, 45 minutes into the beginning of it. But uh, the if you want to fast travel to these campfires that are all over the huge world, um, you actually have to have a fast travel pack, which you craft using some stuff you make. And this stuff's not that hard to get, but I like the idea that you, you can't just jump around mm-hmm. willy-nilly, um, you know, without doing some work. Uh because I go back and forth on how I feel about fast traveling games. It's convenient. I love that a lot of people love it, but I like to hoof it. Um, even if I told you I was playing Fallout 4, mm-hmm. and in survival mode, there's no fast travel. No fast travel. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, man. No, no fast travel. Could you, not play that game. <laughs> no fast travel, and you can only save when you sleep. So when you've been playing for a while and you get killed, boy, it hurts. It hurts a lot. I, I mean, I, I get it. Um, I think in general, if the game can do it right to where it's, it doesn't bore you to death. They shouldn't have fast travel because you know the developers spend all this time making awesome environments and stuff, and then you just end up skipping all of it. You only see it once. Mm-hmm. It takes some of it out, you know, some of the enjoyment out of it. Well, I, I can tell you from watching Lizzie play that that uh, you certainly revisit places all over the map. Where uh, you know when she was at the beginning of the game, I'd see her go somewhere, and then dozens of hours later, she would go back. And she could unlock something, you know, mm-hmm. um, where they, they did a good job of gating stuff off, not just physically where it's like, oh, clearly I don't have this weapon. Like in the in, in the very intro, you are a kid, you're like six year old and you fall into these into this, these ruins and you don't have a weapon or anything. You're supposed to just walk through and, you know, it teaches you how to explore. Um, but clearly there are doorways that are blocked in a way where it's like, oh, obviously later I'm going to get like I'm going to be able to knock those over and get around them. So they do that, but then in the story, I know that there are places you can't go because the tribes are like, oh, no, you don't. You're absolutely not allowed to go here. And then the story happens, and you can come back later and see all this stuff that you couldn't see before. But they do a good job of uh, having you really explore this world. I mean, you you really dig into it. Um, you know, you don't just go to a place and then ne- never see it again. Um, so I, I think that does a really good job of making an expansive open world it feels lived in there there are people all over the place there are animals everywhere uh when you find a, a bonfire to save if you feel like you achieve something it always feels good to uh sort of just the way you're talking about it sounds like 
Breath of, Breath the, of Wild. the Wild. That's yeah. exactly what I had in my head. No, it came out very close to the same time. Mm. I think they were a couple months with, from each other. You know, I've I've been I've been saying to myself, you know, I don't own a PS4. Um, I've been saying to myself, how am I going to play The Last of Us Two? Um, and then I've been missing some other stuff like this, uh, that Detroit game, that uh, I think got some some big press when it first came out. Um, some of these some of these uh, exclusives on PS4 are really are are really killing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for Last of Us Two. Yeah, that was that was one of those games where um, when I was playing through The Last of Us for the first time, uh, Kelly would watch me play it, and she would tell me like I'm not allowed to play it again if she wasn't around. Liz and I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that was the first game we ever explored. The first game we ever played like strictly together like that, where only I played, uh-huh. but only when she was there to watch. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, too, because she, she never really wanted to play. It's just that they did such a good job of turning that game into, like, a movie that she just wanted to sit there and watch it. It, it was very cinematic, but not in a way that took you out of the game too much. Yeah. Um, and also, even the gameplay itself, like, it did a good job of just sort of keeping you in the story mm-hmm. uh, while you were still interacting with it. Well, it's so tense. I mean, any, any moment you're playing can turn tense in a second mm-hmm. so you never really relax so when a cutscene comes on at least you can kind of relax but the content of the cutscene is not relaxing either no. you know that's, that's not a game you you unwind with that game was very stressful sure. it is very stressful uh it, it is interesting how that this experience you know your significant other says you know you wait for me is uh is something that i, I don't know i feel like it's probably pretty new to gaming you know we've had this conversation about the, whatever the latest netflix series is right you know no skipping ahead episodes maybe it was you know. that last two episodes <laughs> that oh, has never worked i have the day off and you're at work so. yeah oh t- i accidentally watched like six hours of- <laughs> uh there was definitely nothing else i could have watched <laughs> uh, yeah I keep, I keep telling kelly she can't watch the expanse because i want to read i want to read the book before before i see any too many of the episodes and then, like, anytime I'm not reading, it's like, um, you gonna, you gonna fucking read that book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the books, watch. come on. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the books are great. The books are better than the series for The Expanse. But I did enjoy the TV show. I was surprised. I mean, the first the first season was still on sci-fi, right? Uh, first um, two. And then I, I can't remember whether they did the third or not. And then they canceled the show and Amazon is picking yeah, it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I remember not having high expectations for mm-hmm. it just because it was sci-fi. I know there's a lot of people that like sci-fi uh, series, but everyone I've tried, it's like they're just hindered too much in their production ability. Um, but the Expanse, it was like they went all in on it. I yeah. felt like I'm surprised they got rid of it. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's a it's a symptom of. Um, what that channel has gone through in the past, where the reality TV shows bring in higher viewership numbers than their, you know, real content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the executives look at that and they say, well, it's got to go. But, I mean, that's, I think, kind of short-sighted if you look at how this really strong original content is selling other networks. It's what's getting people to Netflix now. It's not their movies that they, you know, their movie library, really. It's their original content. And Hulu's going to be going the same way, Amazon. So for them to dump an original, you know, IP, or it's not their IP, but their show, in favor of who knows what, Sharknado 10? (laughs) No, Sharknado 5 is the last one. That's why it's called Sharknado 5, the last one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I mean, but speaking of Netflix and rules of content, they're teaming up with Blizzard and going to do Diablo series. How about that? That's okay, awesome. I am still what? nervous about that. I keep only seeing people refer to the same one article that says it's a rumor. Mm. I keep looking out for someone else. Rumors, when I, rumors, yes. I rumors. know, but it's comicbook.com, and I've seen them post reliable stuff before, but they're the only one who's posted anything about it, so I'm still nervous. I feel like rumors like this that come out of Blizzard end up being true more often than not. I don't and, know. and I think you'd have to treat it like uh, the Castlevania it has to be animated, right? Well, I would I, hope so. You hope so, as oh, you see, man, you, you're, you're just pigeonholed to what you can do with sci-fi and the computer animations if it's live action. I'd rather. It be I animated. don't know, man. If it's an original one, you know they're going to have a budget. I mean, I could see them doing a Game of Thrones kind of thing. Well, they, they did CGI in there in a way that doesn't seem corny. I just true, don't want to see uh, live action World of Warcraft ever again. 
I, I still got to see that movie. I actually, I should probably, I might watch that this week. It wasn't bad. You mean other than my larping? It wasn't the best. Um. Uh, well, for sure. Uh, so Steve, is it Seville? The guy who played Superman in uh, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Cavill. Say, say it one more time. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. I wasn't even close. What'd you say? Uh, not the right thing. Steve. <laughs> Just um, Steve. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Man Steve of Martin, dreams. Right? <laughs> he is uh, confirmed as Geralt uh, in the upcoming Witcher miniseries uh, on Netflix. So that's exciting. Um, Geralt. Sure. I've played the game and I still don't even remember. I'm, um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Geralt. But Man, yeah, I've played the game and I'm sure they've said the name a thousand times. I haven't played the game. I, I'm, so. I'm confident it's I'm not I'm glad Geralt. I'm not going to be wrong yeah, in I this answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to refrain from saying it. Yeah. So, <laughs> that guy from Witcher 3. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, even if I'm wrong, I'm going to say it's Geralt. Okay. Um, he, uh, I'm excited for that. The, the Witcher series is, is wildly successful uh, in, uh, where is it? Is it Poland it comes from? Uh, I'm not confident about that. I probably am wrong about that. But uh, it's wildly successful in the country that it came from uh, in Europe. And uh, obviously the video game series has done very well for itself. Uh, that was a game I actually liked to watch more than I liked to play. The The combat was super clunky. Right. But the story was great. Oh, yeah. I love the Right story. before 3 came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to go play the original. They were like $2 on Steam. Nope. I bought it and completely just turned it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I turned it off. The The fighting mechanics was just awful. I can't believe it. I, I just, I heard it's a great game series. I have yet to, to tackle it. Yeah. Because the, the number one was so bad for me. The mechanics and everything on the first game were pretty horrendous. But they've, they totally changed all of that for Witcher it 3. It looks like it. Witcher 3 is one of the greatest art, like RPGs that I've played, I think. Wow. It is it is extremely fun. It, it feels like you're hunting the monster. And this is not a hot take, yeah. everyone. Remember that. Like it, <laughs> this is you, a very popular opinion. <laughs> it's it's like you you have uh so you you can you can see like footprints and stuff on the ground and you go into like your hunter vision and you've got it when you're doing quests you've got to follow like where the the footsteps lead you, and then and you if, like build your bestiary, so you find out, yeah. uh, you know, oh, this thing only comes out at night. Also, it's weak against this oil, so I need to go gather herbs to get this oil. Like you really feel like you're preparing for a serious fight, and when you're hunting supernatural creatures, you know, I, I like that there's gravity to each fight. Like you're not just walking into it like, oh, all right, this will be easy. Yep, it's not it's not a game where you pick up a ton of different potions, and every time you're in a battle, you're like. Oh man, I could use that potion, but I better save it for later so that I'll never use it for the rest of the game. <laughs> this is the game where it's like you have to use those potions. Like get the potions that help you in combat because you need them to win. Mm-hmm. There's some if you don't if you don't look at the weaknesses or look at like uh, what it's strong at, you could it will destroy you. And I think that makes uh, Geralt uh, an interesting character because even though he's killing these, you know, insane mythical beasts, I mean I seen a griffin in there uh you know all sorts of golems and just tons of things I, i've been surprised at the stuff that has shown up in that game um i like that he's not just superman but i'm because the guy playing him is a uh, you know superman uh let me explain my joke so you guys get it uh <laughs> no uh, i like that he's not just an invincible force he's, he's not just stronger than the world around him he's just smart he's crafty and clever and the whole shtick of him being a witcher is he hunts beasts so you know he gets the potions he does the research he talks to people you know he sleuths around and stuff he's not just a guy who is a titan you know he's not kratos he doesn't just walk Mm -hmm. around not literally a god right i mean humans will kill you if you're you know if you're not careful even even one strong human will get you let alone like if you i remember at the beginning game you start a bar fight that was the first time i really got messed up was like oh I've been killing these these like wraiths and stuff. Easy peasy. Now I get to fight some humans, and boy, did I get my head chopped off. <laughs> well, it's fun too because you, you have two different swords. So you have like your silver sword that you have to use for monsters, and then you have your normal sword that you use for like humanoids. So it's it's on top of just learning the weaknesses and everything. You've also got to s- swap between your swords, and it's a pretty sweet look having two swords on your back. Yeah, I guess so my sweet. question with the announcement with Henry playing uh, Geralt, Geralt. I'm darn it. Nailed it. it. Geraltie. Geraltie. As someone who's never played the Witcher series, is he the right fit? 
I mean, that's a big question here. I've heard some, you know, combatant opinions online. I guess we'll never know until we see it, right? Yeah, I, I have a hard time. The only thing is, I don't know much about uh, Henry besides Superman. What else has he done? Um, and from Witcher, he seems like a outdoorsman, monster hunter, wielding two swords. Is that Henry's character? Can I don't know anything do about his acting chops. Yeah, uh, uh, I really did. I really did. He, he's a very good looking man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, I really did Punk-o-meter like... meter 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like Man of Steel. Uh, I don't know if it was, like, the best movie, but I really enjoyed it. Definitely it's my favorite DC movie. Oh, man. I know, but... You said, you said John's trigger word. Oh, <laughs> Sound the alarm. Uh, we'll save it for a different podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't want to knock it till I see it, because I, I believe in Netflix, I believe... In the IP of the Witcher series, I don't think they're just handing this off to yeah. just anybody. I mean, the, you know, when uh, I think it was President Obama went to, and now I absolutely have to look up which, what country the Witcher came from, but when he went to the country that with the Witcher's author was born in, that, that you know, it, it originated from, uh, the gift to the president, president was the entire series of Witcher books. Really? And I, to them, that, that is a point of national pride. Yeah. You know, it's wildly successful. I mean, it was the equivalent of Harry Potter. Is the studio where, based there, or did they just get the idea from this country? Oh, yeah, the studio is based there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's based off of a very successful uh, series of books. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's serious I, stuff, so, I mean, they don't get around with it. So I'll definitely give it a shot before I go out there just, you know, armchair, you know, reviewing it. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting to read the books, but the only thing that kept me away from the books at the time was that I found out that they were mostly all short stories or like short story compendiums. Mm. So I was like, ah, I kind of would rather just like sink my teeth into a book. Poland. Oh. So, oh, you were right. It was, gonna, it was really going to bug me. If Shout I out to all our Polish listeners. <laughs> uh, I, I intend to support it. Uh, regardless, right? I want to see more. Oh, I'm for sure going to check it out. More gaming, uh, dude, whatever. I have always believed, I think the best way to tell a video game story in, like on a screen, in a non-interactive medium, is a miniseries. It's not a movie. It's not uh, a 30-minute TV show. I think it's best in hour-long chunks, like a Game of Thrones style. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a Halo miniseries. I'd love to see a Warcraft miniseries. I, I think, you know, video games are built, they're segmented in a way... You've got levels or dungeons or areas of a map. Um, you know, in, in different ways, games are always segmented where you see chunks at a time. You know, a movie cannot, in my opinion, no. do justice to a video game because you can't possibly set the stage in a way that sets up the gravity of the situation without focusing too much on one little part. How can you say that? Because I heard that the World of Warcraft movie was just so good. <laughs> I the biggest criticism it did I heard, really well in China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot to tell, and when you, if you put if you told it in 30 minute chunks, I think it would just be a little too cheesy. You know, the the one hour long period of of a Game of Thrones, the world is big enough where you can shift from different stories, and you can tell, oh, I'm in this area, and I'm watching these characters now. And you can do that. And that's more like a video game where, you know, there's like the world, the world is happening, but there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, even The Last of Us, like you only follow two characters, really, but you're in this city and then you're in this part of the wilderness and then you're over here and it's all segmented in a way like that is how a miniseries feels, you know, and and, uh, I think that's the treatment that video games deserve if they're going to get the budget that that is going to do justice to them. Um, the actors that are that are going to show up and and uh, to really uh, not over dramatize it. When I watch thirty minute shows, well, not that every thirty minute show isn't you know doesn't have something to offer, but when I watch something that's twenty two minutes long, when you cut out the commercials, I feel like a lot of times it just covers almost just too small amount. Like here here's the story for this episode, and on the next episode, it'll be something different, and that's an overgeneralization, but. I like the grandness of an hour long where it hits a bunch of areas or a bunch of, bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just its own self-contained story. I think my biggest struggle or the things, and maybe you could say even the struggle that, that any stories have had, um, whether it's a movie or a series or whatever based on video games, is that you know the games themselves generally, the, the most popular ones, do a good job of giving you a lot of story. And they build out this whole universe, right? So how do you tell 
something that's fresh, right, in that universe, maybe even with the same characters, how do you tell another story that gets the the gaming audience interested but isn't trying to retell a story and isn't trying to undo some kind of canon well, you as look well, at, right? You look at Castlevania. I've never played the games, and it didn't matter. The show was great. It was only four <laughs> episodes long, and apparently the... I was talking to somebody over the weekend. They were trying to tell me that the next season is going to be like eight-ish episodes long, which hell yeah. And they've already been greenlit uh, for season three. This is all hearsay. I haven't looked this up, but I trust my buddy. Uh, that all sounds great to me because Castlevania, I've heard people talk about the story and this and that and the other. But I like that when I'm watching this show, if you never told me it was based on a video game, I just wouldn't know because it's a great show. You know, it's not as long as I want it to be, but that's a good problem for them to have. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you're a player, think about, like, when you're in Skyrim and you're running around a room and there's a bookshelf and you're picking up all these, like, little tidbits and nuggets of lore. How many people actually sit there and read all of this lore? Oh, no. You know, like, there's such a, there's There's, a vast, like... There's tons of hooks. Yeah. Right? But it also has to be, whatever it is, if you're putting on Netflix, has to be mainstream enough that you can pull in non-gaming viewers, too. Yeah, but, I mean, I think you can take that lore and then if you're putting, like, a visual aspect to it... Like, that keeps people's interest so they're not just, like, reading a book in a video game. To, to be honest, I mean, I know you guys are saying pulling, making the story so you're not recreating canon or, or keeping it within the same canon. I'll tell you this. I would love a straight copy-to-copy recreation of Metal Gear Solid series uh, 1 through 3. I mean, those were the best ones, and they were fantastic. I could watch that. The cutscenes, it become a movie or a series. I want it copied per period. Dude. To the okay, well, it's so good. I've never played those games just today. So on Giant Bomb, there's an old series, old series with a guy that's not even with with them anymore. Uh, where one of them, who's actually uh, Dan Riker, he's a guy from Lawrence, uh, Kansas. He uh, he grew up loving Metal Gear Solid. He ended up working for Game Informer and stuff. Now he works at Giant Bomb. They, I think he worked at Gamespot. I can't remember. Uh, but um, he loved Metal Gear Solid. Well, Drew, this other guy. Uh, never played it. And so they're like, well, let's just do a feature where we just run through the games. You know, you run through it totally fresh and everyone, somebody like me, I get to see it firsthand. I get to see it for the first time. Um, But like, I don't have, I don't actually want to go back and play those games. I want to experience them, but I don't really want to play them. So Mm -hmm. this gives me a great opportunity not only to see the content, but it's also people playing that I like. And it's an old guy who can tell you about the Easter eggs and like, oh, hey, now that we've gone through that, part let me tell you about a story that happened years ago that you never know unless you were there you know so i get to hear like the background of stuff that happened like around the video game and you know the industry and stuff um and i get to hear the surprises of him you know they they were running through an episode they're on metal gear solid well i'm on metal gear solid 2 right now and some stuff happened that the veteran has never seen and he's Hmm. probably he's played all those games like five times a piece and so it's fun to see both of them even be surprised and something like that. So like that, I'm just watching the game. I'm not even watching a movie. But the excitement of being able to have a newbie and a veteran in the room enjoying it, plus the actual thing, that's exciting because it, it's not just the video game. It's something bonus that we can all... It's something unique uh, that wouldn't exist without the gamers around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's not a solution of, of how to make a movie or, or, or write a show about Metal Gear Solid, but, you know, that's a game that's cinematic enough that if you did make a series, if you did like an HD, uh, you know, full cutscenes, yeah. uh, live action or something, you know, if they pulled it off right, that'd be pretty slick. It'd be a great one. It would. Are you with the Force? Is the Force with you? Well, the Force is with us over at the Echo Station Podcast, a new Star Wars series from the Heroes Podcast Network. Join us in a galaxy not so far away every other Monday as we discuss everything Star Wars from the original films through the whole EU. So pour yourself some blue milk and get cozy in that tauntaun with the Echo Station Podcast. Find out more at heroespodcast.com. Hey, Mike. Hey, John. What are you playing? So I have been playing uh, Axiom Verge. Uh, it's a game that I've been keeping an eye on on the Nintendo shop for a while. I, I looked at some of the, the previews, like the trailer and some of the, the still images, and I was like, you know, I want to play this game. I just don't know if I want to pay $20 for it yet. So uh, it just it just went on sale to $10. I saw, saw over the weekend, so immediately picked it up. Um, it's a... 
very much like Super Metroid clone. So I knew I was going to like it no matter what. Um, but it does, it does really hook me. Uh, not just the fact that it's a, a Super Metroid clone, but the storytelling, the dialogue is pretty rocky at parts. But as far as how the actual like world building goes, they've really built a really interesting universe. So this game kind of starts where there's like a scientist in a laboratory and they're doing some kind of experiment. Something terrible happens. There's a big explosion and he wakes up on, at the time you don't really know what it is, but he wakes up on another world. And there's this person talking to him, but he doesn't really know who it is. He doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't know what's going on. All he knows is that he's in, like, his white t-shirt, his pants, and he has this gun. (laughs) So they're kind of like, the thing talking to him clearly is, like, kind of dying. So it doesn't have a lot of information to give before it kind of peters out and uh, can't talk to him anymore. So he's kind of left to just run around levels trying to figure out what's going on. And then as you beat bosses and pick up new gear and stuff, it, it starts to open up a little bit more. And you start to run into these rooms where there are these, like, giant humanoid mechanical heads, like, kind of hanging off the wall. And this is, like, the creature that's communicating with you. And apparently something has taken over this planet that's, I don't know if it's like a virus or what's going on, but something is is kind of destroying them internally. So you're kind of expected to help them save themselves. Uh, and even throughout, like I said, sometimes the dialogue's are rocky. Like there's one point where uh, where you are sitting there and you start thinking like, why am I helping these things? Like they're the only things not trying to kill me. So I guess it's probably in my best interest to help them. (laughs) But at the same time, you're still kind of just wondering like, what's my motivation? And then your character just says, well, I don't know why I'm helping you, but I guess I will. (laughs) Like, okay, whatever. Just going to shoehorn that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know that's, that's not like a, a, a great, uh, great review of the product, but there are other things that, that really kind of, uh, make the game interesting. Like when you're playing, the first time you die, your, your guy falls on the ground, everything goes black, and then, you get taken back to the save room where there's almost like this like egg or like this pod that opens up and then you're back you're back in the pod. Most games, you know, you would just start playing again, but then he stops and and he says, "What just happened?" And then that voice comes back and it says you died. And then he goes, "Am I still the same person?" dot dot dot. And then you're like, "Oh man." Hmm. That is pretty crazy. Cuz like he doesn't know. And now he's worried about that. I, I just feel like that's something that's like an ex- existential crisis that I don't feel like most games go into yeah, when like, you die. I respond, but like, what? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it, but it's also kind of interesting because in the, at the beginning of the game, you start to think like, well, am I just in a computer simulation? Like, I, am I actually on a world? But then later on, you find out that you're actually on an alien planet. So now everything's confusing. But the thing that's fun about the game is that I think a lot of games... Kind of like what we, last episode we talked a little bit, like very shortly about Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's obviously a lot of different like Metroid, Castlevania type games, but I almost feel like this game is like Super Metroid meets Mega Man because you get isn't, a lot. Isn't um, Samus Hardy sort of like Mega Man? Well, okay, yeah, with the gun arm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but what I mean is like in in Metroid when you're upgrading your weapon, that you still you still just use that weapon. In Mega Man, they give you ten different, ten plus different weapons, weapon each types. Each one you can for use. its own boss. Yeah, basically. and each one works in certain scenarios. So this game is more like that. You get you get a bunch of upgrades for your weapons, and I remember the first the first upgrade I got for the weapon, um, I just exclusively used that because I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely just better than my other weapon. Until I came across a boss where I'm like, man, this thing just is not firing fast enough. It was like it was one of those kinds of guns where you like fire the bullet and it slowly goes across the screen and when you hit the button again it explodes so i'm fighting this game this guy where i'm trying to have really quick precise shots and it this weapon just is not working out for me so i go back to the original weapon and then it's much easier to kill the boss so it really kind of helps you to switch through the def- the different weapon types depending on the boss that you're fighting um the other thing that really drew me to it was just the art style and the music so it's very much a retro, like, 
bitty kind of looking game, uh, but it f- almost feels like you're playing in like the Aliens universe. Like mm-hmm. the the settings and the monsters, everything is very like biomechanical. So you've like all of your monsters are like these pounds of flesh that maybe have like a gun inserted directly into the body or something. Mm-hmm. But the settings, the settings even feel like H.R. Geiger was uh, the artist that designed the Alien and the Aliens franchise. And if you go back and look at his art, I've thought about trying to find some of his art to put up in my house. But all of it is so just gothic and like depressing. I just don't know if there's anywhere I could actually hang it and fit with anything else. You got to devote a room to it. Yeah, it's your little H.R. Geiger like chapel yeah and you really could because he also designed some uh uh some furniture but it's all like it's like <laughs> chairs where there's like rib cages going up this the is chairs so uncomfortable this is yeah. the room where mike has his uh sacrifices it's like the big chair that the pilot's in, in prometheus yeah yeah right and yeah, it's that's, like uh that's one of the dlc uh electric chairs in uh <laughs> yeah oh. prison tycoon or whatever prison prison tycoon. Prison, tycoon. <laughs> prison tycoon it's a real thing that i saw on the shelf one time it was like Prison Tycoon 3, so there were three of them, at least. Well, the second is but the I classic. Can't. I mean, everybody knows. It's hard to repeat the success yeah. of Prison Tycoon 2. Yeah. Well, after the electric chair, they show, like, one person with their hair up talking about how shitty your ride was. Oh. <laughs> I went off Mr. Bones' wild ride. So anyway, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's that kind of art where it's like, first of all, this is too gothic, and I don't know if I have any rooms that this would fit in, and then if it doesn't fall in that cor- in that category, then it's just too awkwardly sexual, and I don't have the balls to put it up in my house. Dude, he, uh, <laughs> H.R. Geiger did that on purpose, I listened to a whole... Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I, I listened to a bunch of stuff on him, on why he made the aliens the way he did, and the reason he did that, where you've got like, you know, they... And they've got the little alien that like sticks out of their mouth, right? Uh, and it'll like it'll poke you. But all, all, you've got like a, the uh, the face huggers, so they lash on your face and they like yeah. stick a thing down your throat yeah. and plant an egg, right? Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. O- ovipositor. Yeah. So the the whole the point of him doing that specifically was because it was a more effective uh, tactic of creeping out men, because the idea of like penetration straight up is much more uncomfortable to men than, like, that's not something we experience in any positive way at all. And he intentionally... Well, I guess it depends. <laughs> you're, you're right. Depends that's who you fair. are. That's fair. Uh, but he, he very specifically designed it like that so that it was naturally uncomfortable, like, in a physical way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely comes out in his art. There's a lot of like just phallic like symbolism in, in his art. And that's art. why they're long and tubular. Yeah. It really is. Chest bursters are like giving birth, and that's uncomfortable for men too. Yeah. It's like and pushing. A, it's like pushing a bowling ball out of my chest. It's called indigestion. <laughs> I have the worst heartburn. But yeah, so like the the game kind of has that that art style and that art feel, and it's it's just cool. The the music is awesome. Now. When I when I got this game, it was after uh, my wife and I had spent some time uh, drinking and playing Mario Kart. So I was a little two sheets to the wind. I was already texting John about how epic the soundtrack was, and then like when I when <laughs> I went, oh geez. <laughs> yeah. here he goes. When I when I went back and like uh, re listened to the soundtrack, there are some some songs that kind of it seems like they use the same kind of sampling from other songs, but there's enough like. Uh, there are enough unique songs on the soundtrack for this $10, $20 game that, you know, they put a lot of work into it. And it's almost like some of the songs I was telling John earlier that I honestly feel like I could put into my into my like electronic playlist because it's kind of just a retro-y kind of electronic feel to the music. Yeah, I have that uh, the main theme on several of my games. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and it, there are times, though... My complaint about it is just that sometimes it gets a little tedious because some of those boss battles just take forever. And maybe it's just because I'm not good enough yet to get to a point to where I've really memorized all of the different attack sequences or whatever. But, I mean, some of those battles I, take took me a long time. And I was just listening to that same same song over and over again where it was like, wow, this is really cool yeah. Like when I started fighting <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, overall, I, I would say 
don't spend twenty dollars on it. I, I I didn't think it would be a twenty dollar game, and I still don't think it's a twenty dollar game. But I definitely am glad that I paid ten dollars for it because I definitely think that it's at least ten dollar game, um, and it definitely has enough added to it to where even though it really is a, a Super Metroid clone. Uh, there's enough new stuff to it that it, it really keeps you interested and it's fun to play. Hmm. Awesome. It's really just the thing that I'm I'm playing while I wait for Dead Cells to drop in price a little bit. Oh, come on. I want to play it really It is worth the $25. Really uh, yeah. I, I, have, I, I played it all Labor Day weekend. Um, and I'm about to beat it. Or I should say beat it on my first run through, I guess. Because, you know, they have some replayability and running through multiple times. Uh, but it gets really hard when you approach the final boss. Like, I actually feel like I'm pretty decent at the game now. And I still haven't even made it to the final boss. I'm like uh, one level away. Dude, I've, I've put at least 50 hours in Spelunky and I've never beaten the game. Yeah? Yeah. It just, You're discouraging me. Uh, Well, because they... <laughs> I could talk all day about how, like, you know, it's like Darkest Dungeon. It's the appeal of that game is the grind, not the, mm-hmm. not the, you know, destination. Um, where I've just played that over and over and over, and I constantly see new things um, because it's randomly generated, you know, mm-hmm. it's a roguelike. Uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoy that game. I'm excited for the second one. It just got its trailer announced. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those are games that. Uh, I mean, I, I'd pay at least 25 bucks for Spelunky. When mm-hmm. it first came out, I, I wouldn't have bought that out of the gates. But for as much as I enjoyed it, I easily would have paid 25 Yeah, uh, I saw the you, you'd posted on Facebook or something, the trailer for Spelunky 2. And I saw some gameplay. It looks like something I'll try, especially after loving Dead Cells so much. It more or less looks like just a prettier version of the first game with some mm-hmm. cool new mechanics. Like It looks like there's almost... Who was I talking to about it? It's like a Yoshi mechanic where you definitely couldn't ride anything before, mm-hmm. but it looked like the sort of thing where you can, like, you know, Yoshi sacrifice uh, <laughs> this, like, creature that you could ride. But uh, it looks like they're new mechanics. The thing I'm really excited for about that, though, is uh, online co-op. The first game had couch co-op, but it was really weird because your your field of view is, is pretty small, and it only follows the, sing- the first player. I tried it out with Lizzie, like, one whole time, and... If I if I fell down a cliff, well now you can't see her anymore, and mm, so technically she can still maneuver outside of the screen, but probably mm, she's gonna die. That doesn't sound great. No, it was not great. So every it seems like everyone should get their own screen. I don't know how that would work. Still, just the way that the game works. But I'm excited about it because I really enjoyed the first game, and the ability to properly play multi some sort of co op on there sounds very fun. Hmm. Um, I, I just really like I like co op on procedurally generated stuff. Because you're both discovering stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, Josh. <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you five, five minutes. Five minutes. There's too much to, to talk, talk about. about World of Warcraft. All right, <laughs> listeners. Five minutes. That feels like 25 I minutes. know you're out there. There's other <laughs> WoW players like me listening right now. I mean, I think it's like one in every ten people have played WoW. So come on here. <laughs> one in every ten. <laughs> the world? This is, this oh, is real stats and real reporting. It's like I an looked STD. Up, never. <laughs> It's, it's a crack addiction. All right, so we won't go too far, too much into what is WoW. We've had 14 years to figure it out, all right? It is... No, wait, wait. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Oh, God. So right. orcs showed up. <laughs> so, um, so today was a, a big day for the new uh, expansion, BFA. They launched their kind of the biggest first patch, uh, your Mythic Plus Dungeons, your new PvP content, and your raid, right? Raids, getting new items. Well... Um, that's pretty oh, cyclical. Oh, raids are just now out. Just, just now out, right? So World of, Warcraft, World of Warcraft is pretty cyclical. You got your raids at release and then new raids after that. Um, kind of tears your way up to get to the best gear. Well, what they've also, if you've been keeping up with WoW, they do Mythic Dungeons, uh, which is your hardest type of dungeon. And then they call Mythic Pluses. So you do a Mythic Dungeon plus one. It's the lowest, but you can go all the way up. Plus 16. The dungeons get very difficult. Um, but as you finish those Mythic Plus Dungeons... Every week you can return to your, on Tuesdays, you'll be rewarded for how high you cleared that dungeon. So if you got to Mythic plus 15, you're going to get a Mythic plus 15 item level. So that's what they've been doing over the past few expansions with their Mythic dungeons. Well, when they released the, um, the content today, people were getting rewarded for 
mythic dungeons that they were doing at the end of the last expansion. So if in the last week of Legion you cleared a mythic plus 15 dungeon, you got that equivalent in a BFA item. Oh. So people so just started carried getting, over your, yeah, your experience. Well, people, well, yeah, people started getting really high level item level without drops. Doing without doing rate. anything because they did something in the last week of the previous expansion. <laughs> so people are that getting overpowered in a game of integrity. Like A lot of guilds like to be the first. So when you start having players having item level 400 stuff already, people are getting mad. They're getting so mad, and this has been done in the past, that they want server resets done. Now, on today, they want people to, they want to roll back and start fresh, remove those items. Oh, yeah. I, I think you have to. That's going to happen. Yeah. Wait, why don't they just... I, so they're just today getting the beefy items, they can right? Yes, the today items. it's already been squashed. So they already squashed the bug. The bug is done. You cannot receive those items anymore. But people already have them. They can, not they can remove the items. I don't know the technology behind the architecture, yeah. right? How do they do it? People want server resets. I mean, that's what they're calling. Reddit, oh. Reddit, you know, Reddit's a big place for people to vent. So a lot of Redditors are going out there saying demanding Angry demanding makers. server I, I wouldn't be <laughs> very happy if, 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 you know. Especially in a guild. If you're trying to first, a lot of guilds are method, you know, the big ones. Um, they're upset. They want to do get the, be the first to run these uh, raids and mythic pluses. And now there's other members that have gear scores hot twice their size, uh, twice their item level. So, yeah, I think I think a server reset's warranted here. Now, that's like the most extreme, but it's a bug, and they, they, they messed up. Well, right, they I can definitely just back don't up think... the items. Yeah, because a server reset... Uh, you would think they could just remove their items, but you what if that person sold the item to replace that? A reset yeah. would kind of negate that. You'd still start with that item you had before you got the beefier one. I don't know, man. If I didn't raid and I lost a day's worth of progress, I would be equally angry. Yeah, Very I mean, true. even if that were a possibility, a server reset at any point, the longer you go from it, the less likely it is to happen because mm-hmm. you'll just people lose their stuff, right? So I, that's what's going on. We're already almost. We're going to be hitting twenty four hours tomorrow. If they don't make an announcement saying it's going to happen, uh, it's not going to happen. I don't think they will. I mean, I definitely get the the player frustration there. Um, and if I were in their position, I'd probably be like, okay, you know, I'd be, I'd be frustrated too. Everyone should get one Uber item. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, just level every- the playing field. <laughs> I, but I swear, in instances of bugs causing dupes or item problems before, they had just corrected the individual items, like way back in the day. They I had think, the ability to just pull. I items think from they people. should be able to. I think it should be very simple to because I, I believe the items though that were they were they were receiving. They're real items that they would have gotten later for mm-hmm. doing the Mythic Pluses. So it's kind of like you just got them ahead of time. You know, right? maybe, they, maybe they do like, uh, you know, you get an achievement for completing a raid, right? Right. Especially if you do like Mythic or other mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe like with specifically those items that were improperly unlocked, they do like a soft lock where if you don't have the achievement, if your account, like if your character doesn't have that achievement, then you can't equip the item mm. or something like that. Because that, that wouldn't have to touch That's interesting. Everybody. If they take their items away, they could just like give them a pet that says, "I got screwed by Blizzard." But then <laughs> you like have a, a little badge. Then you yeah. have a unique pet, and I'd be—that's actually the thing I'd be mad about. But if I got screwed by a bug, because it's not the player's fault who got the items either, right? Yeah, some of these players probably will would, didn't even know. Yeah. Like, right? They just walked up into their their area and they opened their chest and like, "Holy crap! I got this item! I didn't do anything." Yeah, <laughs> I'm rich. <Jackpot>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I played that dungeon really well. I deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, this is it. Bugs can really hurt a game. Yeah. Um, and this was a big one. And uh, Blizzard needs an answer. We demand an answer. Did uh... You hear that, Blizzard? Gamer Heroes podcast demands an answer. Yeah. You I have 24 heard, hours. I heard Josh promise he would stop playing. Wow. <laughs> if you didn't fix this no, problem. That's $14.99 a month you're losing. <clears throat> I actually don't even pay that. I just sell fish and... By wild coins. <laughs> Don't be hasty, young hobbit. Uh, did, did you guys ever hear about the glitch? I'm sure you have. Of uh, in in vanilla WoW in Zolgarub, the first ten man raid, the first raid ever. The the final boss had this this blood plague he would cast on you. Oh yeah, and uh, it does damage to you every you know however many seconds, but. It has a 25% chance to spread to anybody around you, mm-hmm. and it'll mess them up. Well, it's a level, it's a max level dungeon. So the glitch was that somebody got this and then teleported to a capital city from the raid, 
took the the debuff with them, and cities were just so plagued. it was. It was actually the pets. They didn't they didn't <coughs> properly manage it. So when <clears throat> you left, your pets would also leave when you were done with the dungeon. So um, like so if I was a warlock, pets carried it out. And, yeah, and my cat carried carried the plague, but then I dismissed them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then like they oh, don't I, die. you know, right. yeah. So then when you go back to the, you know. To town and then summon your pet again. They've got the plague again, so it'll spread. And started wiping out cities. And so the guards, yeah. plague. people, yeah, people couldn't go into the cities because if even if you were max level, probably you're going to die. But if you weren't max level, you couldn't do anything. So it, you'd walk into Orgrimmar and they're just skeletons. It was the greatest bug ever just in video body. game history. I, I mean, it I wiped all, out thousands of people. I played all through it in a while, and I I don't even remember that. That, Maybe my server early people just didn't figure it out. I well, uh, it didn't happen everywhere, and it, that was actually before I started playing because uh, I, I wasn't there when, you know, that was the only raid that existed. Uh, but uh, I, I wrote a paper about that way back in high school, actually. Epidemiologists who study diseases um, used that data from World of Warcraft to, uh, you know, basically to anticipate, to some extent, uh, to anticipate what people would do in, like, a disease like an outbreak epidemic uh where you had basically three types of people uh three groups of people you had um healers you know you had people who were just trying to help everybody um in the game you were literally healing them so refilling the health bar but that could also mean like going into chat and being like everyone stay out of the city like you know going to the newbie players who are just playing for the first time and they're walking up to their first big city <laughs> And people just being like, turn Orgrimmar's back. quarantined everyone. <laughs> Stay out. It was. But then it would spread to all the, I mean, even the little towns. Like, somebody would show up and they, you know. So, you had the healers. You had the victims. You had the people that were too low level. They were helpless. Uh, or, you know, you had the high levels who just couldn't take it. I mean, they wandered into town. And then, you know, you respawn and die. But then you still can't get far enough. And you respawn and die. And the whole time you're taking damage on your equipment. So, it's costing you in-game money. To, to do this, so it's not just like terrible and, and time consuming. No, like it actually costing the players time. Uh, but the money. third group of people are the people who spread it on purpose. <laughs> they're the people who take their pet and intentionally. They're like, oh, okay, it's safe, guys, come back. The bioterrorists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and they really had to account for that because the idea is like, if you know, it's just a game. But in real life, if you know, if people thought it was the end of the world, you'd probably have those three people. You'd have helpless people. You'd have healers. You'd have helpers. You know, uh, and organizers and survivors, and and you'd have uh, the people who are just like you know they'd be the equivalent of the raiders. If I'm going down, everyone else is going right. Down it's with the me. end of the world anyway. What does it matter? I want this to turn into another game called The Division: World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Division, but all right, that's another story. <laughs> all right, guys, should we do some mailbag? Let's, do, Let's it. do it. Mail time. You've got mail. All right. So um, this this kind of wrap-up segment of our, our podcast each week is uh, where we ask a question to our listeners, and we want you to reach out to us um, via social media to give us your best answers. And the best answers will be selected and read by us or discussed by us here on the show. And so are the worst answers. And the worst. And, and the really, worst. really the answers that that have the most impact on me personally. <laughs> does it make me smile or does it make does me, me frown? Cringe. <laughs> um, all right. So last week's question was, "What Pokemon do you want to be and why?" Um, we had some good answers for this. Um, I think that the um, the most um, I don't know. I don't want to say pedantic, but Probably the the most accurate answer was Abdul, who said, "Ditto," so that he can be any Pokemon. But I don't know if that's exactly touché, the spirit touché. of the question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. There are no wrong answers because he no. did exactly what we asked. <laughs> well, and and, and and so immediately after that, um, uh, let's see, it was Tommy Gay said, "I want to be Mew because why be Ditto? Ditto was the failed clone of Mew." Oh. So is that true? Ditto was? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I seem to recall that or from I the th- game. I lore. thought he was talking about Mewtwo because isn't Mewtwo the? Yeah, Mew is actually a Mewtwo real was Pokemon. The real, real clone. Yeah, Mewtwo Ditto. was a clone. Right, Ditto, was, Ditto the was a failed. failed clone. Yeah, yeah. I, my brother's told me all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep in the Pokemon lore, he does, dude. He is so into that. Uh, the theory is just like Pokemon Play-Doh. Dude, I picked uh, the one I chose. I, I would be Lantern. It was in Gen Two. Um, it's water and electric. It's, it's basically... Those, is that one of the starters? Uh, no, oh, no, no, definitely no? not. Okay. Uh, it's like the equivalent of Tentacool, 
Okay. Except like actually cool. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, Tentacruel was cool. <laughs> Tentacruel was was I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, no, so you know, you go into like later in the game and and you go fishing and you find it. The first, it, it's a. It evolves twice, or it evolves once, rather. The first one, Chinchoa, looks pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad. But it, it's got great attacks, and uh, then the second one, it turns into almost this this goofy, cartoony whale thing. But it's somewhere between, like, a little seal and, like, an anglerfish, because it's got, you know, it's called Lantern, because it's got the uh, angler knight. Um, but, man, I'd pick right. that, because, like, I really don't like water I can't see to the bottom of. Do not like it. Oh, thalassophobia or whatever? Ugh, man, I'm not trying to go in deep ocean water. So you'd either. rather have just like a light dangle in front of your eyes for the rest of your life? No, no. The, <laughs> the, the thing is, if I if if I was going to Can't go, be dark if I only <laughs> see light. I could go into space. I ain't worried about that. Like, I could be alone in the wilderness for a long time. The, the only place that really freaks me out is deep ocean. But if I was going to live, like, if I wanted to go in the place that I fear, mm-hmm. I'd have a light. Man, I could zap anything. The idea of being a fish that <laughs> gotcha. can, like, electrocute things. If, if I'm going to be able to live Wouldn't you electrocute the yourself? one place, <laughs> the one place I, I couldn't go, I want to be, like, alpha in that place. Yeah. So, uh, do okay. electric eels electrocute themselves? I don't know. Oh, nice. I have no idea. I'm asking. Well, you heard it here first. If you want to conquer your fears, become a Pokemon. <laughs> I think I would I would want to be Magikarp just so that I could, like, experience the utter joy of evolving into oh, Gyarados. Splash. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, I don't have to be this Pokemon anymore. <laughs> Do you think that, like, uh, it's always kind of weird when I think about Pokemon evolving. Like, in that world... Do you watch them, like, their bodies contort and, like, become this thing? I've always thought that, like, for Magikarp to Gyarados, there was, like, this this big fish. Like, Magikarp opens its mouth wider and wider. And it does, like, an alien thing yeah, where Gyarados, Gyarados comes just out. comes out of the mouth and he just, like, molts Magikarp off of it. It's gross, gross. right? That's nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, wondering, like, how long it takes them to get used to their new body parts. Like, do you think... <laughs> The Magikarp, like, the Gyarados is just flapping around on the ground while it's, like, sh- accidentally shooting Dragon Beam everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Man, whoever sends an artwork of an H.R. Geiger Gyarados, <laughs> that, I, I will pay you And money. the dark parts of the internet, I swear there's, like, a realistic artist who drew renditions if the Pokemon are actually looking realistic, and Venusaur looks creepy yep. as heck. I remember yeah. that. That was good <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> we also, we had a few other good ones. Um... Hunter said that um, he wants to be Machamp so that he has extra arms to pet animals with. Yeah, oh, that's very valid. <laughs> Machamp does seem like like a very utilitarian Pokemon. Uh, could do a lot of things, like be a good servant. Um, this is going to stray quickly into the conversation of whether okay, Pokemon so... are slaves or not. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're building houses. What's, I mean, do uh, you laying eat them? bricks. Uh, and then probably the last one, which I should have anticipated but did not, was uh, missing number. Oh, is it really a Pokemon? I don't know. Yes, it it, it it's a problem child. That's what it, it is. is. It corrupts your save files. Yep, you <laughs> uh, definitely did that for me. So, uh, thank you to everybody who <laughs> submitted your responses. We really enjoyed those. Um, we do have a question for next week. Um, the way you answer is um, this will be posted on all of our social media channels. So, the GGKC Facebook, the GGKC Twitter, which is uh, what? At GG underscore Kansas underscore city. city. Um, and then also the Gamer, or I'm sorry, the Heroes Podcast Network Facebook page. Um, so please hit us up if you if you think you've got a great answer to contribute. Um, you can also hit us up at gg-kc.com. This week's question is, what game uh, would you like to see as a Netflix series? In the spirit of our conversation earlier. Um, I told you, Metal Gear Solid, still yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going for. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll save my input because I I got a lot of shows that I, <laughs> I new and old I'd like to see, uh, you know, turned into something special. I get, would, that, get that real treatment. I would love a uh, if they did something with Portal. Well, that'd be good, right? That would and be make good. it sort of like a I don't know, make it sort of like a psychological thing. No, like because like the hardcore Henry subject. 
portal like Hardcore Henry. You guys see that? That first person Ugh. movie? Okay, I have no problem with shaky cam, but that sounds like a headache. With like, the portal and the way oh it was. Oh my gosh, if you didn't know which way it was down. Yeah. Oh, especially, imagine if you watched it in VR. Like, if, if you watched, oh man, I think that'd just be too much. But that'd be so cool. I mean, cool. I watched, it would be cool. I watched Blair Witch and I sat through that. Hardcore Henry was a lot, ages better than Blair Witch. Oh my gosh. It's the first person, you know. Well, I'm not trying to rip on the shaky cam stuff because uh, I love the first Cloverfield movie. Oh yeah? And I think it, there's very fair criticism to be made about shaky cam. Oh yeah, like that. for mean, sure. That is hurts your head. That's a lot of shake. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, if you if you want to say uh, leisure suit Larry, throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that one. <laughs> that, that, I feel like that would just be like uh, what's what's the guy on uh, uh, Family Guy, the giggity giggity guy, Quagmire. Oh, I feel like that would it, just be Quagmire. Actually, that's basically <laughs> just Quagmire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Animated series of Conker's Bad Fur Day. That would be that would awesome. be funny. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Duke Nuke- Nukem. Oh. I would oh, I would no. watch the hell out of a Duke Nukem <laughs> Take <series>. it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I forgot already exists is the Ratchet and Clank movie that side by sided the remake that happened recently. That was a thing. Yeah, I got what the new it? Ratchet and Clank, and it came with a copy of the yeah. Of the movie. And it's funny because uh, I haven't watched the movie, but the game at, it's told from the point of view of Cap- Captain Quark, who's in a bunch of the games. Uh, the games, it's funny because, like, they're kind of remakes of each other, but not really, but sort of. And it's ambi- ambiguous on purpose, and they know it, and they make jokes about it and stuff. And so the impression I've gotten is that, like, the movie is, you know, this story, right? And it seems like the game is Captain Quark's retelling of the movie, and then you play through that. So stu- the impression I get is that stuff isn't actually true to the movie, but it's his goofy interpretation of, like... <laughs> Of how he's really the hero, ha <laughs> and and just all this goofy stuff happens. But uh, it's clever storytelling. But the fact that it, it is tied with that movie is pretty unique. You know, not to say that the movie's good or bad either way. I have not seen it, but well, we are going to uh, we're going to quit while we're ahead. Uh, we don't want to take all of the good answers. But um, if you have if you have something you want to contribute, hit us up on social media. Um, and also, um, feel free to send us any questions that you think would generate some funny responses. Um, we're, we'd love to have those. We have a list of questions we're going to use going forward, but we'd love to add to them. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, um, and you know, we'll, we'll uh, see you next week. Again, hit us up on our website, gg-kc.com, uh, if you want to reach out to us. Thanks. All right. Sayonara. Bye. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.